blue wire. And he's going to run it and keep it himself. Reed is all by himself. Give him six. Jordan Reed. Second and goal. Johnson. Sprinkle. Touchdown. Reed. He's going to the end zone. Has a man open. Dixon down the middle. Caught. Touchdown. Josh Johnson to the goal line and into the end zone for a Washington touchdown. Welcome back to another edition of the Josh and Jordan podcast. I am your host, Jordan Reed, alongside my co-host, the face of the podcast, the face of the franchise, Josh Johnson. I can't give you a better introduction than that, man. How's everything going with you? <laughs> Shit, I wish I would have did better at the combine so I could have had that, that title in real life. <laughs> hey, you got it for the podcast, man. Everybody knows you're the star player. You're, the, you're, the, you're what makes this thing go, man. 12-year vet, multi-time Super Bowl champion in podcast terms. In podcast terms. Podcast. <laughs> I say these, these, these hands are a little naked. <laughs> hey, I got three college rings. That's all I got. I don't have any no NFL rings, no NFL I experience. Got one all the way I got one on every level, but the league. Hey, hopefully it's coming soon, you know, man. We, we know it'll, it'll come yeah. soon eventually. But what's going on with you, man? It's, it's been a week since we recorded. A lot of stuff is going on. So, what what's been going on in the life of Josh Johnson? I mean, I mean, cooler, man. Uh, unfortunately, I got released by Detroit. Don't know. Can't really explain what happened. Uh, I mean, you just got to roll with the punches, you feel me? So that's a whole other subject. I'll talk about it when I'm retired right now. <laughs> just keep, you know, keep staying in shape, keep plugging, keep waiting for the next opportunity to come up and uh, just try to get back out there on this field, man. Uh, it sucks being at home. It sucks going through this process. Uh, I wish this on nobody. Uh, I mean, the bottom of the roster there is it's a tough, cool road. It's a tough road, man. It could be a stressful road. It could be a heartbreaking road. You got to find wins and, and little things, but man, it's a very humbling thing. But you feel me? It ain't. At the end of the day, I still got a chance to play football for a living. So that's way better than what I ever would have could imagine growing up in these streets of Oakland. So let's talk about that a little bit. And I know it's a touchy subject for you, but the thing I did want to ask you is, so a quarterback gets injured around the league. You get that call right away. Just what is that experience like? I know you got to hop on a plane. You got to get in the facility. You got to take a physical. You got to sign a contract. And then you eventually got to go out to practice probably if that same day or the next day. So just what is that experience like? Um, It's kind of like a little roller coaster. I ain't going to lie. I mean, you're excited because you're back in it, back in it or got an opportunity to be back in it. So obviously your emotions is all the way up. But, I mean, the process, you know, it can be a tad bit draining, going through physicals, MRIs, a possible workout. Just, to me, a whole another evaluation process. Again, it's like you've never done it before, and you got to really bring your A game because if you don't, it could be with somebody who might have some familiarity with you, and they might have a reason now might not to sign you. And once you get signed, it's that element of, all right, where do I go next? Uh, for me, I try to – Focus on the work first, because uh, my main focus when I get signed is try to get in the playbook, you know, get in some tape, 
and really try to get comfortable with what's the next thing that's gonna give me another opportunity tomorrow, which is being the, being a good quarterback. And so I try to really focus on that when I get in the building, uh, getting acclimated to that building and that team as fast as possible with everything going on. Just to try to get comfortable, man. And, and, and that takes time. Like, sometimes it takes a week, couple weeks. It depends. You got to get in your routine. You got to figure out the schedule of the team. Like, when you got free time, they work with your body. Uh, when you, when, when, when do y'all, when are y'all done at the day? Uh, how you going to set up your film watching when you at home? Uh, just the normal, just maintenance of massages and, you know, cold tubs, weight room, extra weight room stuff. Normally for me, it takes me about two, three weeks to get that acclimated. Uh, being on so many different teams in the season, it depends on when you get signed, find a place to live. That's always nerve wracking. Um, because you can either be in a hotel for the rest of the season. I've done that. Been some place where I had to get an apartment. Been places where I had to move from an apartment to another apartment. So it's just a lot of hidden stuff, man, that you try to, you know, handle, have a plan for it. Don't nobody care. And you know, that's that's some of the stuff that you that's some of the stuff we don't really get to hear about because once again I love using the Madden comparison. Everyone thinks that just because you sign a guy that they are acclimated to the playbook right away and it doesn't really work like that. And that's a perfect segue for the first thing that we're gonna talk about today. Just give you guys a quick overview of what we're gonna be talking about today. Just some difficulties of learning an NFL playbook, knowing when a quarterback is ready. And then lastly, we'll talk about this whole college athletes getting paid and that already being passed in the state that you're in, in California. But just circling back to- You know how we do it over here, Cali? <laughs> trendsetters, y'all trendsetters out there. But just you know just stand on subject, stand on subject a little bit. Washington, a place that you are very familiar with. That's where you ended at last season. You have some experience with Jay Gruden, and we see the whole thing with Dwayne Haskins coming out, a guy that was only a one-year starter. I believe he started 14 games at Ohio State, and we talked about some of those gimmick type of college offenses where they're doing a lot of half-field reads and just not – it's very signal-based, signal-oriented where these guys, they're basically telling them where to read and where to go with the ball. But last week we saw that he threw three interceptions. He really didn't look to be comfortable out there, so you have some experience with Jay Gruden, his terminology, and some of the things that go into his offense. And I'm sure it was like going from algebra to calculus for him from that Ohio State offense to Jay Gruden's terminology because I've seen some glimpses of his playbook, and it is very difficult as far as the verbiage and things you have to say in the huddle and checking protections and all this stuff. And I see you already laughing, so you already know what I'm talking about. So. Just try to give us some insight exactly what, what Haskins is going through. All that stuff is fun for me. I don't know. I was kind of like a little weird little uh, football junkie like that. Uh, I can't really compare. Uh, I, my college experience was totally different. Uh, coming from Coach Harbaugh offense, um, I experienced that coming from Tech, Oakland Tech to San Diego. That big jump from going to a three-yard in a cloud of dust offense, run it into whatever box that you want to in high school, throw, throw routes that don't adjust that much, just got to get it done. To, But I still read a field to going into a real pro system. So I can't really compare myself. Uh, what I would say from my experience with Jay's system um, is if once you own it or have some familiarity and ability to own it, 
I mean, he really gives you the keys to the car, man. Jay will let you do your thing in it. And, I mean, he and he kind of really don't hold you back. He kind of let you go. So, like, I mean, obviously your player speak more volumes than what, you know, what words will tell you. But, I mean, I wasn't all the way comfortable. But I had a, I had a good understanding of what we were doing. And so, you know, we, you know, we did, we did well together with my time. Uh, in regards to the young fella, I mean, I, I really don't know him, so I don't know. I mean, you know, is what you see. And I mean, obviously nobody want to go out there and, and, you know, do what they did last week. And I, I'm pretty sure he feels the same way. So, man, like, it's a part of, it's a part of the process of being an NFL quarterback. You want to be overly scrutinized. We all get it on different levels. Everything's going to be overly scrutinized. Everybody's going to have a reason and excuse why. This and the third, if I was like, if I was there with him, like, and I had to be, you know, block that out for real. Cause I mean, everybody gonna love you today. They gonna hate you tomorrow. Until you start winning consecutive Super Bowls, gonna be that way. Like, people stopped hating on Brady just a couple years ago. To me, when they beat Seattle, like before Seattle, it was always they cheated or it was this, it was that. Me personally, I never. I'm like, at the end of the day, man. He, he busting your ass, like so. That's what's going on. Right. You feel right. me? But I just think the way our game is set up, the microscope of our game. You feel me? You gotta learn how to tone it out. Like I got two sides of me now. Like I learned, I learned this from Jeff Garcia too. I, I picked up on Jeff Garcia. Shout out Jeff. He put me on. You feel me? He always used to say like in season he don't, he don't pay attention to the to the TV. And uh, out of season, he does. And it's like, and for me, I define that, you know, in season when I'm in the building, I'm not, I'm a player, you know. And uh, when I leave the building, you know, you can have a little fan about it, you know, have your barbershop talk, let everybody talk because, and just, you know, just something just, you know, to, to do. But the reality is like, you have to separate too because you don't, I don't really know what they telling him. I mean, Kevin, the OC now, and I mean, yes, it's still Jay's system, but they got a new, they got a new person going through the week who has a title and I don't know how they how they see uh Haskins to really say how they want to put him in the situation so if I was there every day then I'll tell you a little bit better of, of, of what it's like for him because I'll be there with him like I didn't been around all different types of young guys old guys some guys some guys don't process a will some guys don't process a will but go out there and ball out some guys process a will and don't go out there and ball all right. out all right I mean we all we all different like quarterback is different everybody wanted to be the same you want to compare this person to that person we all got some same physical traits but you can't test no man you can't test what that man gonna feel when basically that pressure of that other side of trying to basically kill him not literally killing but you know they're they coming out level yeah. they're trying no doubt like, like one of the little psychiatrists I got with talking about the sport, he was just saying the intensity level of football is very similar to that of like a police officer or like a military people who life on the line. And I never knew that. I'm like, I, I mean, to me, it's kind of fun. And that, to me, you can know everything. And if you freeze up, you don't look like you don't know nothing. <laughs> right. So, that's what's, that's what's going really on with him right now. You feel me? Like, so... I mean, I hope it work out for him though. They invested a lot in him. I know they wanna, they wanna get a, they wanted a young guy in there. They trying to get him going. But uh, me personally, I rock with, with Jay. I always have rocked with Jay. I rocked with Jay since when Jay was a GA in Tampa. I mean, 
I just I vibe with how he how he go about his business. I mean, I know right now where he got the world against him, but all my experiences with him was positive. I got better. Felt like his system was quarterback friendly. Put you in a position to be successful. That's just my opinion. But yeah, at the end of the day, like we said, it's a it's a winning driven business, results driven business. I mean, they're not getting a lot of W's. They're not getting a lot of W's right now, and that's why his foot is on the fire right now. And they get 71 back. That'll help a lot. They they missing him big time. But um, something what? else this kind of, this kind of <laughs> off script. This kind of off script. But I did want to ask you this. So you get a lot of times, and this is from a fan perspective, something you really don't see a lot, just because you're inside the locker room, you're in the facility, so you would have like better understanding of this. This whole bridge gap mentor quarterback veteran having for this younger guy that's expected to get the keys to the franchise eventually. We saw it with Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes. And of course, one of the greatest examples of NFL history is Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, how they eventually handed the keys over. So do you think that is kind of overrated? And just because some guys are able to accept that role while some other dudes really are really fighting for their livelihood, knowing that this young dude is eventually going to take their spot. And I know you've never been in that situation before, but maybe you've been around it or you've seen some other guys talk about it before. So just what is your overall opinion on that, how guys handle that whole bridge gap situation when they got that young dude behind them? Well, for me, I mean, I went through it. I went through it as a young quarterback. I was going to have a chance to be a franchise quarterback. They fired everybody. Uh, they drafted Josh Freeman. First round, they didn't even talk to me. <laughs> didn't even talk to me no more when they would walk past me in the hallway. I was, I knew, I if the writing was ever on the wall, I knew it. So, but I think it's not. It's gonna always be another team that needs a good quarterback. It's just gonna always be that way. Because at the end of the day, it's gonna be all right. You won. Quarterback could have played hella bad. Our guy got a chance to be great. You lost it. We need another quarterback. <laughs> so that's just going to always be the narrative because it's going to always be a winner and a loser. You feel me? So that's kind of how I look at it. When these younger players out, I just think it's better for the team. Like, if you're in a position where you got to help, help. It's, that's just my opinion. Because if you win, the team win, everybody going to win, bro. Because right. once your team wins, everybody, the team just losing, they're going to want, they going to pluck and pull people from that winning environment, try to, you know, sprinkle that into their environment. So I think you always get another opportunity. Like, it's going to be crazy. Like, I get it's hard as a competitor. Like, what got you to this is competitor, not being denied, not letting another man take your job. But the one thing I had to learn to deal with in the NFL is only football on the grass. Everything else is business. You feel me? Okay. So, like, in regards to being competitive and knowing when to be competitive and knowing when to be a good teammate. Because I never had to sit on the bench. For me, I was always, I always started. And that was a big, tough thing for me to get the draft in the league, reach a goal that I never thought I would reach. And, and I'm sitting here, I'm getting, you know, mental reps. You know, you know that word, mental reps, quarterbacks, mental reps, which is, that's all you got. So you got to, you know. You got you got to use that to the best of your ability and maximize your mental rep. But that could be your situation. But it can also be, all right. Now you helped this guy. You you've done everything you could. It's right to learn better from that. You still you know now you make yourself an asset to the organization and they want to keep you around. Hell, sometimes the backup starters because the backup never played, but he was always good to the organization. And then the starter might end up pushing his way out the door and 
they need somebody or whatever, and that can be that could be you. So you never know what the future holds. So the biggest thing to me is always giving yourself that, that next opportunity until you know you're done with it completely. And so that's kind of how I would look at it from an older player, a mentor, and a younger player. They're going to they gonna bring younger players in. I mean, you could, y'all can be hating on each other the whole time, but chances of your team winning till y'all all come together is rare. And I think that's what's more important about what you do individually. I got you. Man. It's, it's a really interesting topic, and I wanted to get your, your opinion on that just because that's really the way of the NFL now with teams really trying to ease these young guys in. You very rarely see these guys really thrown into the deep end. We know eventually they're going to start. Most of these dudes start from week one, but some teams like to ease them in by having that that veteran guy in front of them. So I, I was really interested to get your opinion on that. But piggybacking off of that, so how do you know when a quarterback is ready? Or you really don't know when they're ready until they get out there. That's my belief. You can scheme up all these nice plays. Hey, you're the expert. That's why I said you you really don't know. I mean, you can say all these dudes is you can say these dudes. You can say motion. You feel me? Y'all talking heads. We call y'all clicker pimpers. No doubt, it's the truth. It's the truth because I mean, you really don't know when a dude is ready until they get out there. You can say a quarterback is NFL ready just because they've been in this pro system, they've mastered the pro system, and they've executed it well in college. But you don't know until they got, you know, all these other dudes across the the other side of the field, other side of the ball, trying to take their heads off, like you said, in this controlled chaos. Just because some dudes are able to stay poised out there, and you have some dudes that lose their mind and they don't know what's going on out there, just because. I mean, I mean the, the speed of the game is totally different. You got different personnel that you're going against. You got to know these plays like the back of your hand. And there's just so much other things you have to be able to do when you're out there on the NFL field. And a guy like Kyler Murray is a great example. He's really struggling right now, even though he came in through the door, already knowing his offense in college, but he just hasn't been able to adjust to the speed of the game. And I know the personnel isn't great right now. He's not working with a bunch of studs on the perimeter outside of Larry Fitzgerald, but We've seen some struggles with him, and a lot of people said that he was NFL ready coming out just because he had Cliff Kingsbury with him walking through the door. He already knew the playbook, so he was already at an advantage, but you're still seeing some of the things, these rookie mistakes that he's going to make. And I know he's a rookie. He's going to make these mistakes, but some stuff you're just not able to project until you see some of these dudes out there. So how do you know when a dude is ready? I didn't finish hearing your definition first. I want you to define it first. I really don't think there is a definition of it just because you don't know how dudes are going to be when you put them in these specific or these this NFL environment just because everybody reacts different. You've seen it. You've seen a whole bunch of dudes that succeeded and some that's failed just because some guys – poise is the one thing that I look for in a quarterback just because it's the one thing you can't teach. Some dudes are able to, in that environment, no matter what you place them in, the game situation, it doesn't matter. They're able to stay under control and in control of their surrounding parts. They don't panic, and they still fire it, no matter what happens. And then you have some guys that just lose their mind when they're out there, and they're just not able to operate under pressure. So poise is definitely one thing. Of course, accuracy and decision-making are the other two. I really don't care about arm strength, even though you really do need it at some point. But I'm going to take an accurate guy over a guy that, that can throw the ball a million miles down the field any day of the week. Just because I value accuracy, okay. it's a, it's it's another thing that you can't teach. And some dudes that come into the league that aren't accurate, you very rarely see them 
end up being accurate quarterbacks just because it's kind of like a sixth sense in a sense. And it's really hard to explain uh, accuracy just because it's a God-given gift. That's my opinion. You can't teach a dude to be accurate just because it's just it's just God-given trait. That's the only way I can describe it. You get it from mommy and daddy. Either you got it or you don't. That's the best way to describe accuracy and decision-making. That just comes with knowing the playbook and anticipating things that are going on out there and just being in control. So that's just my definition of quarterbacks being ready. What's yours? Um, well, I guess it's steps for me. Uh, first thing I'm going to look for is uh, what does he naturally bring to the game? Uh, what makes him unique in regards to what types of pressure would he put on the defense from just him being a player, like his skill set? Is it, will the defense fear him or whatnot? And then after that, I'm going to look at, uh, like you said, accuracy, decision-making, poise, his brain. I mean, all those things are major components. And, I mean, everybody talks about all those things and this, that, and the third. And I think that's what goes with it. And then uh, uh, in regards to the actual player, I'm going to look at his situation, bro. I'm going to always be big on the situation. Because I can't evaluate no – it's hard for me to say if a cat ready or not. When If he been – if he productive, he's been hella productive. But it's it's been like, all right, he he been producing with, with all these backups. And everybody's saying, well, that don't matter because he going against backups. But he producing. And it's a guy that's producing – that's not producing, that's getting all the reps, and it could be, well, he he not producing because of everybody else. So to me, like, that gray area is where a lot of, to me, the common people miss because all of us are thrown in different, different situations. I think you can relate to that. Like, no doubt. To a, throwing, if, I'm, if, I'm, if I'm put out there with, when I got two, two number one receivers versus I don't have no number one receivers, you're going to react different. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? No doubt. Like because it's just gonna, it's just gonna like you gotta do more. So that's I, I, I'm gonna always look at a guy's situation first and foremost because like and then once I get that, I think the number one thing to me is uh, it's two important things that I tend to see when I watch film on the guy to know if I can watch his film like on another team and I'm watching another quarterback play them. Some dudes I didn't cut their film off because it's hard to watch. It's hard to prepare for that team when they playing this quarterback because he don't get it. And when I'm saying get it, to me, the things I look for is a guy that always have a plan. He always has a plan at the line of scrimmage. You know what I'm saying by saying no. that? Yep. Always has a plan at the line of scrimmage. I don't care if it's not the best plan or plan. You can see his decisiveness. Like, you could say, all right, he, he, he knew in this situation he wanted to do this, 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 and this. And it's, it's reflective in the way that he plays. And then if, if you've been in the game as long as I have, you understand the concepts enough and you understand the defenses enough to where you can be like, all right, I can see why he started there. I can see why he, I can see why he got off that. I can see why he did that. His stats ain't going to reflect none of that. You get what right. I'm saying? But if he got a plan and that means he's processing what's going on, now we can start taking in all those numerous factors of, of what everybody else talking about as a quarterback. 
like talent, accuracy, all that, because he I know he can slow the game down enough in his mind. He could take from me telling him to play, him processing what the defense is doing. He can he could put it all together, whether it be from the film room, whether it be from the offseason training. He could put it all together, go out there and execute on his own. Or give himself a chance to execute on his own. To me, that's when the guy is ready. He's not overwhelmed. He ain't seeing ghosts. He has he has the ability to say, I know what I'm seeing. I know how I want to attack it. Now, the next step for all of us is being successful after you attack it. But, hell, it's guys that have been starting for years that still ain't figured it out. It's guys that have with less. So I think big. I'm big on does he have a plan at the line of scrimmage all the time to say, this dude ready. Because you can see when they don't know. And, like, you know, you'll see some wild plays. A guy might, you know, have a touchdown pass, but it's off, like, throwing it to three people, yeah. ball bounced in the air. Like, that ain't no real – that ain't no right. touchdown pass. <laughs> it's like yeah. in baseball, you know what I'm saying? Right. But, like, you know, he dropping back. He making decisive throws, throwing it on time. Now, like, all right, that dude ready. You feel me? Yeah. Because then, then you can evaluate your team around him. If he's knowing where to go with the ball on time, it's just, all right, or why he not throwing it? Now we can really process that. But if he don't know how to get the line going to the right person, he missing hots. Like you have people out here thinking the O-line hella weak, but really the quarterback messing up everything. Right. The same thing with the run game. They'd be like, he don't got no run game. Well, he's supposed to be running away from the safety, not running into the safety. Like, the common fan don't know that. So to me, it's about... Every play, he has a plan, and he, he had the ability to execute that plan. Now, the good quarterbacks marry their plan up with what the coaches want to do, and then they take it to another level and, you know, make plays. So that's what I look for outside of the obvious. I think having a plan is huge. But being able to do that on your own, that shows where you at and ready to go to me when it's time to get it on that field, coming on that field. That's good stuff, man. And, you know, we love talking about quarterbacks, but we're going to wrap it up right there for episode three. Don't want to be too long-winded with you guys. We don't ever want to go 30 minutes on this thing just because, you know, people's attention span isn't very long. But I'm going to save the college athletes getting paid for our next episode just because I know we're probably going to go on and on about that. And that's a very yeah, touchy right. subject right now. We, you know, the state that you're in right now, they just passed it in 2023. There's going to be people, or athletes, I should say, they're going to start to get paid. So I can't wait to get that on the next episode. We're going to go more in-depth about that. And I'm sure there's going to be some more hot topics around the NFL that's going to happen this week that, that we can't wait to talk about. But once again, I am your host, Jordan Reed, alongside my co-host, Josh Johnson. This is episode three. Thank you guys for listening. If you have not done so already, make sure to subscribe on whatever podcast platform that you so choose to listen to the episodes on. Thank you guys again for listening. We'll see you next week.